What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of E4 Explosive Podcast. I'm Corey, and today we have Marshall Curry, a two-time nominee, three-time, wait, four. Three nominees and then the win. Okay, so yeah, all right, yeah. Four. So four-time, you know, nominee of, uh, of the Oscars and a, uh, a one-time yeah. winner. I don't know. Actually, it's a good question, though. Does that mean three nominees and saying. one win, or yeah. is that... Yeah, that sounds that sounds, sounds more right. Yeah, yeah, like I three think. nominees and, and yeah, a one-time winner. But really, the winner is like that's kind of like the the one that everybody is like because it's cool. I like how the Oscars is like one of the only things that you can do where it's like Oscar-nominated director, and it's still awesome as shit. It's not like just you know what I mean. But then when you get the winner hmm. on there, because yeah. now your next film is gonna say from Oscar winner uh, Marshall Curry, right? I guess. I guess. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself um, and you know how you started in the film and stuff like that because you're really a documentarian, right? By yeah. trade. So, so the the short film that that we won for was um, was the first time that I'd ever written a script or worked with actors. But most the last fifteen years have been making documentary films. Yeah. Um, I got into documentary films kind of late and kind of through a circuitous route. Um, I graduated from college. I studied comparative religion in college and spent some time wandering around, lived in Mexico and Washington, D.C. and out in Indiana for a little while and Jesus. then moved back to New York and got a job at an um, internet startup, uh, sort of internet design company and yeah. was working there for a while. And then, um, but I love documentaries. And so I really wanted to try my hand at making yeah. a documentary. No, that's cool. So what was your first doc? My first doc was Street Fight. So Damn, I met really? this was guy, first? Corey Booker, who was saying he was going to run for mayor of Newark. Um, at that point, he was just an unknown city councilman that, that you know people hadn't really heard of. But he had a kind of amazing charisma. And so um, I thought it would be an interesting movie. I bought a camera and um, read the manual and, uh, and, and, uh, and started following his campaign. And... Um, and once I finished shooting it, I tried to raise money for editing, got rejected from every grant, from every broadcaster that I sent it to. So I um, went back to the internet company, did another project, got my health insurance charged up again, and, nice. um, and then left again and spent the next year um, in my apartment just like learning how to use Final Cut Pro. I'd never, uh, I took a weekend class and kind of how it worked, but damn. but did a lot of trial and error. Seven, right? Seven, good seven. Yeah, well, eventually seven. At that yeah. point, it was probably like three yeah, or something. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, back then, yeah. yeah. Damn, man. Yeah. That's wild. So so Street Fight was your first doc, which was which was good as shit. So that's why I'm like, you know, most people, so you're just a good, you can just tell a story, clearly. Like, you're a good storyteller because you're not knowing how to use a camera, not knowing how to edit. You would think all of those attributes are needed to, to, <laughs> to make a to movie, make a movie. Yeah, right. you know what you I mean? Like, so. oh, duh. You know, I have to know how to shoot, press record, and all that stuff. But really, you don't. Well, you do. I mean, sort of. I, I made a ton of mistakes and spent, you know, shot 200 hours of footage, you know, spent days and days and days filming stuff and, 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 and it looked terrible. You know, the first 50 hours of the footage I shot was like, I was zooming in and out. I, stuff was overexposed and underexposed. And, but you kind of get home and you look at your footage and you say like, okay, can't stop doing that. And it's kind of like learning to play an instrument. You know, you like, you can read a book about how to play a guitar, but the way you learn to play guitar is like holding a guitar and, and, trying to do it over yeah. and over and over until your fingers learn it. Yeah, no, that's that's 100%. I actually tell people at, when I go to like film camp and stuff, 
I used to go to film camp and teach. I, t- I tell the kids, like, don't even go to school. Like, nowadays, you could learn how to do all that stuff online or, like you said, kind of just just get your hands dirty and go in and do it. So, But I did read books and I did yeah. watch a ton of films and, and talk to people. And, and, and uh, so I don't want to pretend like there was no outside influence <laughs> like there was. Yeah. Um, but... But I, I do think, um, and my friends that have been to film school, you know, I'm sure there are things that they know that I don't know. Oh, for sure. But, uh, but ultimately, it's about just hours behind a camera or hours sitting in a seat looking at a editing system and trying to figure out why what the thing that you've made is confusing or boring or whatever and try to keep doing it until yeah. it's not that anymore. No, that's literally what it is. Exactly. So, um, so you did Street Fight and then you did what? Um, so the next thing was, uh, was racing dreams. Um, and so that one, uh, is about two boys and a girl who are 11, 12 and 13 who race go-karts that go 70 miles an hour and kind of a little league for NASCAR. And while I was shooting that, um, my, uh, my wife who at that time was running a domestic violence organization came home one day and said, uh, you're never going to guess what happened at work today. Four FBI agents walked into the office and arrested one of her employees and charged him with having been a domestic terrorist when he was part of a group called the Earth Liberation Front, sort of a radical environmental group. And so I decided to start shooting that at the same time. So I was going back and forth between, you know, Eugene, Oregon, where I was talking with, you know, people whose timber mills had been burned down and (coughs) with activists who had, you know, taken part in in these arsons and also, um, going to North Carolina to NASCAR races and um, really gave me kind of a broad view of, of uh, the, the, the tapestry of America. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So that's If a Tree Falls? So If a Tree Falls and then Racing Dreams. At yeah. the same so, time. So those were happening. I was shooting those at the same time. Then I was editing Racing Dreams. The, the day after we finished editing Racing Dreams, we started editing uh, If a Tree Falls. Damn. So so you do Street Fight, it does well, and then is that how you get the the funding? and the, You know, because it, it takes not only time, but it also takes money to yeah. do anything in film. So, yep. like, is that how that works? Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, Street Fight, I shot it uh, out of my own pocket um, and just, you know, had saved up some money from doing internet work that I could take off time and... and um, buy a bunch of videotapes and a bunch of, you know, and a camera and um, some microphones. And then uh, the success of that enabled me to raise the money to make Racing Dreams. If a Tree Falls was a combination of um, me fronting money, uh, we got some grants, we got, um, we had uh, one investor that put money in and we got um, pre sales. So we, once we had uh, some scenes that were edited and a pretty clear idea of how the movie was going to work, PBS and the BBC ITVS put money in for that. So Damn, that's crazy. And that won at Sundance, right? Yeah. It won a, it won the documentary editing award. Yeah. Damn. So, yeah. And you edited it. Yeah. With, with Matt Hamachek. So, uh, so he, he's somebody who I worked with on, um, on racing dreams as well. There were actually three of us editing racing dreams. And then Matt and I edited, uh, if a tree falls and, um, and, uh, yeah, he's a terrific editor. That's crazy, man. And then, and then after that, is point and shoot point and shoot yep man yep. first off okay i don't know if you remember this or not but when you went to tribeca i was uh in line and i wasn't going to see i had no clue who you were i was like uh, whatever and then the chaos in new york like i was telling cooper on the way here i was like 
the only reason why we went to see point and shoot was because it was almost by accident because it was like you know how like tribeca is like a couple days long right. it's like it's it was kind of hard to kind of pinpoint like who you wanted to see and i was just like point and shoot sounds sounds yeah. awesome yeah. so then we bought our tickets and then we're waiting in line and we go in and that happened to be the day where you did like a q a with the the main subject right of the film so i was like this is fucking awesome like this is cool and then so we watch it and i'm like holy shit like this was actually like really fucking good yeah. it was a good movie and like the story was insane i'm from maryland the guys from baltimore right. so it was like it was awesome yeah. and then afterwards we got to meet you and meet him ask questions and that's where like me and you kind of like i i got your information and then like I would I, I would hit you up actually frequently after that and you know ask you questions and this and that and you were super helpful so thank you for that no for one to. Um, but that movie was so awesome and oh. I think and you you like you killed it at Tribeca so was that like the that was like the doc kind of that like whew, propelled you to do everything else or what well you know it's kind of funny that one um, in some ways that's probably the least known of the docs what so Street Fight was nominated for an Oscar If a Tree Falls was nominated for an Oscar Racing Dreams. <laughs> One best doc at Tribeca, and and then point and shoot one best doc at Tribeca. So, um, but but of all of them, uh, I think probably point and shoot might be the least known. Of what? Them. Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't nominated. Is it? It was us? not. No. Did you even in, uh, did you even enter it? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, if you play for a week in New York in theaters in New York or L.A., it basically qualifies. So you just fill out some paperwork and, and That's submit it? it. So yeah, yeah. So Real yeah. Shit. So a lot of movies, uh, a lot of movies qualify each year. Wow. It's just a matter of actually just doing the paperwork and getting it submitted. Yeah, well the paperwork's not the hard part. The hard part is getting getting selected. Selected for, oh, okay. <laughs> making yeah. the movie. So, so hundreds of movies. Yeah, so hundreds of movies qualify and then the documentary branch of the Academy, um, the members of that branch vote you know, they have a list of all the movies that qualified and they vote <laughs> and pick a short list, which is like twelve to fifteen movies usually each year. And then from that short list they vote again to pick the five nominees and then the Damn. whole academy votes on the winner. the winner yeah holy shit i did not know that that's how that worked yeah and then obviously since you were nominated for street fight for if a tree falls and um racing dreams like not racing dreams race, no so no not race, third, that one for uh for tribeca for tribeca yeah, yeah. but they already kind of like knew your name and they knew like your work and how good everything was and then that kind of propelled anything or how you know what i mean or is it yeah. just like you just like you mean in the academy? Yeah, you know. I mean, it's hard to say. Like, I'm sure that having people know your work and like you is is helpful. Yeah. Um, but also, there's sometimes a sense of like wanting to spread the love around, and you know, if you've gotten to go there a couple of times, maybe somebody else should get a shot. So yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think know. the truth is that most people that are that are in the academy just vote for stuff that they like. They like, yeah. yeah. That's kind of. That's kind of how most people vote. And you, and so you won for this for um, best live action doc short. Live action short, yeah. So that's the the one. So last year, I made a short doc that's called A Night at the Garden, bro. It's a seven minute film about a Nazi rally that filled Madison Square Garden in 1939. So it's the shortest, and it was nominated. So that that was the sh in in the doc short category. So it was the shortest film in 50 years that had been nominated. Somebody told me what because um, it's only seven minutes the whole movie. Um, and, uh, and so that got nominated last year. And then this year, uh, we, we put out, um, uh, the neighbor's window, which was the first time that I'd written the script or worked yeah. with actors. Yeah. No. So, um, before I talk about that one, which was fucking awesome, the, 
that blew my mind that the Nazi uh yeah when I, when I saw you promoting that I'm like what is this is he yeah. like just like is this like found footage like what and then it's like a legit thing that happened that I I know my listeners probably have no clue yeah I didn't happened. know about it either you yeah. didn't know about it either? no no I'm, I have a friend who's a screenwriter and uh, we were at lunch and he told me about he's he, he's writing a screenplay that takes place in New York in 1939 and he said he was doing this research and he said did you know that there was a Nazi rally that filled Madison Square Garden and I thought oh come on I would have known about this and so I went home that night and looked and sure enough there was and and also there were some short clips video clips from it in some historical documentaries and so I thought well if there's a couple of seconds of this thing there's got to be more like nobody yeah nobody films the thing and just shoots a few seconds of it so um so I got a guy Rich Remsberg who's a great archival researcher to start looking around and um and he was able to find footage in um the National Archive and UCLA's archive and Grinberg archive. And there were pieces of it in lots of different places, wow. but some of it like stuff that the National Archive had, they had film that had literally never been scanned high def before. And so we paid the lab fees to get them to scan this stuff and, and gathered all the footage that we could find. And, um, and at first I thought I would do kind of a traditional historical documentary where you have a historian explain yeah, the interviews, and interviews stuff. and stuff. And then one day I, I, just kind of on a whim decided what would this feel like if it were edited like um like racing dreams or like you know a verite movie where mm -hmm. you're just watching stuff happen you just drop the audience into this rally without explaining what it is what would happen what how would that feel and so i just edited that and um and when i finished i thought yeah, there's something cool here it makes you kind of lean in and ask all these questions that that maybe uh you wouldn't ask as as uh sort of intensely if uh if if it had been all laid out for you in advance that's exactly what i did when i watched it i was like what the fuck is this and then i was just like asking myself questions over and over i'm like why is hitler or why are these nazis in new york at msg right yeah. now yeah and there's you know a 30-foot portrait of george washington yeah. and swastikas yes. and their american flags and they're singing the star spangled banner and saying the pledge of allegiance and then you know saying let's take america back from the minorities who are destroying it and let's uh you know, attacking the press and yeah. <coughs> um, a protester runs out on stage and they beat him up and the crowd just sort of laughs and cheers. And No, that was wild. Yeah. And that happened literally in America. And I then, know. you know, six years later, or five years later, you know, all that shit happened. So yeah. like, that's just maybe why, why do you think no one knew about that? Cause it's the Nazis in New York. Yeah. I think it's a pretty <laughs> embarrassing part of our history. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think we would like to imagine that when the Nazis rose up and anti-Semitism was, you know, getting tossed around that everybody in America instantly knew how horrible it was. But the truth is, you know, if 20,000 people show up at a rally, you got to know a lot more people than that supported it, but weren't there. And we know that there were, you know, there were people on the radio. Father Coughlin had a radio show where it reached 30 million homes, 30 million Americans, where he would say good things about Mussolini and Hitler and, what? and, and, you know, Charles Lindbergh and Henry Ford and a lot of these, you know, legitimate mainstream le business leaders, social leaders were, were pretty clear about their anti-Semitism and, 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 you know, white supremacist views. And so, um, I think once world war two started and suddenly Nazi soldiers are killing Americans, suddenly everybody pretends like, Nobody yeah. in America ever supported this. This is we're we're way better than that. But the truth is, you know, we make mistakes. Like we are vulnerable 
to demagogues who can whip us up against each other. And, and Americans are like a lot of people around the world that, that we can have hatred stirred up and we can have anti, you know, anti-Semitic, anti-Muslim, anti-Mexican views uh, stirred up by leaders who, who want to set us against each other. No, literally, you're, that's happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was found footage film. Now that was kind of is that kind of like your uh, your niche? Because I know the um, I know you shot if a tree falls and then the the yep. the, the, the street fight, but point and shoot was like what eight hundred hours of just footage from him traveling. Yeah. I don't know about eight hundred, but it was a lot of footage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he he had a ton of footage, um, and then I did probably twenty something hours of interviews with him, um, and then edited that all together into into making the movie man do you ever like because i know because when i edit stuff if i haven't shot it i kind of sometimes don't look like at every clip all yeah. the way through i yeah. just like oh that sounded good and right. it could be like two minutes in right even though there might be like a golden nugget yeah eight minutes in well somebody in the office looked at everything uh. <laughs> so it wasn't necessarily me but um, All right, that makes sense. But uh, but yeah, you know, he would also just like set his GoPro on while he's riding his motorcycle and just like ride for an hour. Yeah. So you kind of you don't need to watch, watch an hour. all of that yeah, in yeah. real time anyway. But but we did skip through. You know, we watched it. Somebody watched everything at the very least high speed and wow. um, just to you know make sure that there wasn't some great yeah, nugget. Exactly. And sometimes those little nuggets you know, just pop up somewhere and, yeah. and you can build a, beat, a scene out of them. No, that's true. Yeah, exactly. And then, so let's talk about the, the new film that so this is your first time writing a script, dealing with actors, you know, like a, a legit, like full blown <laughs> production crew and all that stuff. You shot it all in one location in the, in, yep. the, in the city. Yep. Uh, in Brooklyn, actually. So in the apartment building where I live, <coughs> so it's not shot in my personal apartment, but it was in our building in, in a very generous friend's apartment. That's and cool. the, the conceit of the movie is that, a neighbor, uh, sort of a mother of young kids, um, who's maybe in her late thirties, early forties, uh, has a young 20 something couple who moves in across the street and they're sort of living the life that 20 somethings live. And she develops this rear window style obsession with watching them. And so we needed, uh, two apartments that actually looked at each other. I, I, I didn't want to try to fake that. So, um, so we got one apartment and then I introduced myself to the uh, neighbors across the street we had some mutual friends who helped with that introduction and said can we just shoot in your apartment as well for a little while and they they were very generous also wow that's clutch yeah it was like especially in new york yeah and no, having really permits and yeah. all that jazz right. yeah. and paying out the ass for stuff oh right. my god that's cool yeah and the, and because I, I was gonna ask you like it didn't look like you faked it so you literally right. had to find Two an adjacent yeah wow yeah yeah because there's scenes where you know, somebody's in the kitchen and somebody's setting the table and there's the window and then you see the other yeah. window. So, so it, you, you, I think you would have felt it if it, if it wasn't real. Yeah. No, that I, I was, when we were watching it, it was like, it was 20, 21 minutes long. And I'm like, how are you going to tell us, you know, but then I saw you tell the, the Nazi one in seven. So I'm like, <laughs> if he's got 21, it's like, you know, it's like three times yeah. as long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like three times as long. I was blown away i was like i was like i wanted to cry i was happy I, it, it like ran the gamma of Aww. like you know all the emotions as it should oh, and i cool. was just like it was fucking awesome we were we watched it on the way here yeah. on the drive here yeah. sitting on the bqe just like <laughs> watching your movie and it was like hope i hope the driver wasn't wasn't uh... i was the driver yeah. <laughs> no, i mean we were in traffic so it was kind of like you know but it was 
awesome. It was so good. It was shot amazing. The actors, actors were great. Where'd you find them? So like, the 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 DP was uh, is Wolfgang Held. He is somebody who actually shot with me on Racing Dreams and cool. and uh, shoots a lot of amazing docs and also shoots fiction. And so he and I were shooting it uh, uh, away on a shoot, and I told him this idea I had, and he liked it. And so um so he was great partner on it. Um, all of the pre-production work of figuring out all the camera angles and all the setups and the blocking and stuff. He was, he was, he really kind of held my hand through all that because yeah. he knew how to do that in a way that I didn't. Um, and then the actors were, were really terrific too. The lead actress is uh, Maria Dizia, who's been on Orange is the New Black and some Noah Baumbach movies and 13 Reasons Why. She's a largely, uh, she does a lot of theater also. So she's been nominated for Tony in New York and, um, but she and I actually, um, well, back up. I grew up in New Jersey, went to public school in New Jersey. But there was a, a private girls' school in our town that uh, needed guys to be in their plays. Um, and so, uh, so when I was in the tenth grade, they did hair, and I was kind of a hippie in tenth grade. And my mother wanted to, you know, channel my hippiness to yeah. something productive. So she was like, maybe you should try out for hair. <laughs> I thought, okay. So I went and I did that. Nailed it. And, uh, and, and um, really liked being in that, got a lead role and became close with the director. Um, and so he encouraged me to, to be in some more plays. So we did Romeo and Juliet. We did Equus. We did, um, uh, we did this sort of weird experimental play where, where, where there are apes that spoke in verse that Peter <laughs> Dinklage was in with me, actually. What? So, yeah, so he went to school. He went to a private boys' school in, right in the town next to us. So, so he was also recruited by this girls' school to, to be in the play. So um, anyway, it, I, I stayed friends with the director. The director was one of these teachers. You maybe you had one in high school who just sort of like changed your life. Oh, and for sure. Pointed yeah. you in the right direction. Yeah. And so that's what this guy was for me. And, um, and so... We stayed friends, you know, as I became an adult. And when gay marriage was finally legalized in New York, he married the guy that he'd been with all the way since I oh, knew wow. him. And um, and at his wedding, uh, I sat next to Maria Dizia, who was a student at that school as well. And she was about five years younger than I was. But um, so we didn't really know each other then. But mm -hmm. um, but she had uh, she um, I, I knew her work. And about that time, I was writing the script. And so when I finished it, I asked her <coughs> if she'd take a look at it and consider possibly being in it. And she very generously uh, uh, read it and said, sure, she would do it. So we shot it in four days. Damn. What? Yeah. Where did the husband come from? He was fucking hilarious. He's great, too. Yeah. Greg Keller. He um, what's funny about him is I was watching reels from lots of different actors trying to find it. And I just couldn't quite find the person. And um and I started thinking like, well, maybe the guy that I have in my head like doesn't exist. Maybe I need to start adjusting my, sure. you know, and, and thinking about it in a different way. And right about that time, a friend of mine who um, uh, who does a lot of theater stuff in New York said, like, have you ever considered Greg Keller? And I hadn't heard of him, but he sent me his reel and I watched it. And I was like, That's that it. is him. Like it is. He's like charming and lovable and frustrating and just like exactly who I wanted. So I cast him. And after I cast him. I found out that he and Maria Dizia had played husband and wife in plays before, before that. What? And so they walked onto the set the first day and just like snapped into it. Like they just, it was as if they were old married couple. That, yeah. Like, because the chemistry in the, in the, in the film was like, yeah, I thought they were like, these guys gotta be married in real yeah, life. Right? Like they were fantastic They're together. They're terrific. They're both so good. How yeah. funny is that? And she never was like, Oh, 
she never like brought him up to you either. No, but I mean, that wasn't, that's just how know, it works. Yeah. I wasn't asking her like, do you have yeah, any yeah, ideas? Of course. But, yeah. You're not going to ask her, Hey, do you got a, another actor, buddy? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no one does that. Right. That's cool as shit. That's yeah. awesome. And the kids, were they yours? The kids were not mine. Uh. Um, <clears throat> we had a casting director go out and find the kids. Um, but they were terrific too. They're really twins. Um, oh really? Yeah. So they are brother and sister. And, um, and a lot of the lines that they <coughs> are saying were, um, were written, but there are some where, um, we started shooting some of the scenes with a little documentary feel. So like where they're making the Valentines and <coughs> excuse me, like the montage. Yeah. Um, that we sort of let them just do what they were doing and, and filmed it as if we were shooting a documentary and I was standing behind Maria so that their eyeline would be correct and talking to them. And, but so some of the sort of funnier quirky lines were, were things that, um, that they just were saying to each other as they were working. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. working with kids, man. Yeah, it's you tricky. Never, it is tricky. Yeah, and but fun. Yeah. So it was a four day shoot. Would you guys like shoot it on? Like, was it was it all union stuff? Because um, I'm sure. Yeah. So we had, you know, the they're all SAG. So that was we that was all um, that was all in the union, and um, we shot it. Uh, um, our DP uh, is part of a collective that. Um, of, of other cinematographers and they own some gear. So they were super generous. I mean, everybody, everybody worked for 10% of their normal rate. Sure. Gave us equipment for, you know, a fraction of what it would go for in a, in a normal shoot. And so, um, so, uh, so we shot it on, um, an Alexa mini that was on a, on a, um, a movie for the tracking shots, you know, so yep. that they sort of move around and then, um, uh, an Amira, um, for uh, for some of the other shots, so, nice. Um, so it looked great. I was super Let's happy see. with uh, with with how that all turned out. Yeah, the cinematography was great in it. It was the audio was money because yep. the only reason I asked is because like the you know if the unions involved and all that stuff like does that you know help the qualifications or whatever like. But you were saying it's kind of like if you just run the circuit of how, how did you get to qualify this since you're so used to, you know, documentaries being qualified, yep. you know, the process of that. Yeah. So, I mean, all these qualification rules are just online. If you just go to the yeah. Academy website, it'll tell you how different things qualify. But for, for live action short, um, it either needs to play for a week in a theater or it needs to win an award at one of 30 different top festivals. Wow. So we won some awards and also played in the theater. So, so, um, so it sort of actually turned out to qualify in a couple of different ways, but Damn. that's cool. And then, all right. And then of course, so you go to the Oscars. I remember you, I remember you said something the f about the March of the Penguins, like the first time yeah. you went to the Oscars, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was when, so when street fight was nominated, <laughs> okay. which if you remember, that's the movie that I shot with, you know, a little camera on yeah. my home. And that was the same year that March of the Penguins was nominated, cleaned up, which had, which had made more money than any movie up for best picture that year. So, uh, so it was just kind of like, I don't think any of the other films, <laughs> any other docs like made a, you know, even like, prepared a speech, you know, yeah. it was just like, well, we know what's going to happen here. Um, but what's kind of hilarious, if you see, there's a picture right over there that you see that one right there. Yeah. The penguin. Um, that is, um, uh, so the guys from March of the Penguins brought these stuffed penguins to the Oscars that year. And, uh, and so uh, at the moment where they get called, um, we're all sitting together. They get up to go on stage and there's a, there's a, uh, one of my friends did a screen grab of the television and then printed it out and gave it to me. But there's this shot of me kind of going like this as one of these guys hits me in the head with his stuffed penguin going up on stage. So, so. it's kind of like a 
subliminally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just <laughs> like, so and take that. Yeah. As it goes up to, to that's take so the Oscar. Funny. Damn, man. Yeah, they, they. I remember that that yeah. year. That's so funny that I, I literally watched that and like, you were like right there. Yeah. That's so cool. And then, all right, so take me to the night that you won. Wow. Oh, it was really fun. I mean, you know, we um, we had a good group of people there. Uh, Maria was there, and um, and Wolfgang was there, and um, and we had our producers. <coughs> My wife, who produces a lot of stuff with me, um, was also there. And um, that story was actually inspired by a podcast that I had heard years ago. Um, so a, a woman told a true story um, uh, um, on Love and Radio, the podcast Love and Radio. She told this story about having a young couple move in across the street from her and, and, and becoming obsessed with watching them. So she'd been really nice about the fact that the movie was getting made and being yeah. generous about it with her story. Uh, so we were able to actually get a ticket for her to come with us to the Oscars. That's cool. So that was fun to have her there, too. Um, and, uh, and Ben, who works with me, was there. So it was a good, we had a good group of people um, at, the, uh, at the, the show. Um, you know, we were pretty early in the show, which is nice because you don't have to worry too much. You get it out of the way. And, um, and it finally, uh, yeah, they, they, uh, one funny little quirk is that the, the documentaries and also live action shorts are pretty low on the totem pole of, sure. of, of social hierarchy at the, yeah. at the Oscars. So we get stuck in the back of the room. And then right before, in the commercial break, before they're going to call your category, they move us up front so we don't have to w walk so far to get up on stage. Wow. So, um, so they moved us up and, uh, and, um, yeah, I was, I was nervous, um, but I'd been there three times before and hadn't won. So I yeah. thought probably that's what's going to happen again. And, and then they called it out and it was, uh, it was really, it was really exciting. Uh, yeah. So the, um, it's so funny. I was in, we were in Detroit filming and I was like, oh man, I want to watch the Oscars tonight. Cause it's kind of, it's really nostalgic for me at this yeah. point. Cause I know I'm never going to, you know, probably go there. So never you never know, but you know, I kind of, I kind of. That ship has sailed for me because I just had a bad experience in New York. So, anyways, I was in Detroit filming, and then I, I get to the we get to the hotel, and I'm like, let me turn the Oscars on, and then literally, that's why I didn't even know that you won because right when I turned it on, it was the commercial break after Shia LaBeouf and um, right. uh, what's his name called you up, right. and you gave your speech, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know, I wonder if I wonder. If Marshall's in there this time, whatever. And then the next day, you posted that picture of the Oscar, and I was like, "Get the fuck oh, out of here!" Fun. Yeah. So then that's when I like, so I was like, I emailed you, I messaged you, and I, I texted you because I was like, you know, because that's awesome. Yeah. Like I've never known anyone that's done because that to me, like that's like the pinnacle yeah. of, of filmmaking. Honestly, you know what I mean. So, and the fact that you did it in 21 minutes, and you did it in a fiction, you know, when you're so used to docs, docs, man, yeah. it's just like. Well, I love docs. Uh, you know, I think that probably a lot of people see them very differently, but really it's just making movies. You know, some of them are fiction and some are nonfiction, but the grammar of it all is, is remarkably similar. Yeah, you're right. So, so what would you tell someone who's, you know, kind of, you know, either not into this or falling into it or interested in filmmaking and, and that kind of stuff? <laughs> someone who you've, you've pretty much done everything at this point now and you've kind of, wow. You know, I mean, like as far as, uh, you know, shot stuff on your own you've mm -hmm. worked with actors you you've kind of you've worked with all kinds of people at a higher level lower level and, and everything in between so and you've won an oscar you've been nominated multiple times you've run the 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 um the film festival circuit you've done a lot of stuff so what would you tell you know what would you tell you know 15 or 20 year old marshall yeah i mean i would just <laughs> say try it if you want to do it try it like life is short 
and and if you got something you want to do, whether it's make movies or do podcasts or design hats or invest stocks or whatever it is you want to do, don't wait, you know, give it a try and, and find out because you don't want to be 95 on your deathbed and look back and think, ah, I wish I tried that thing if I wasn't so scared, you know? No, definitely. But, and, and, and they don't all work out. Like I've had a lot of stuff that I've tried that didn't work out. So trying it isn't necessarily uh, uh, a promise that it's going to go the way you want, but you learn something, you know, you, you, you grow from it and you don't have to worry about the fact that you never tried. Like then you find out. Um, yeah. So, you know, cameras are so cheap now. Uh, editing equipment is so cheap now. Great looking stuff. You know, the my phone shoots a much better image than the camera that I shot Street Fight on. And and stuff can be on television and in, you know, playing in huge movie theaters blown up on giant screens and it looks amazing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of films. I read about films. I, 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 I think about them a lot. But there's nothing like spending hours and hours shooting and then sitting in a room trying to edit it into something to teach you how to how to how to do it that's awesome that's good advice man well thank you so much for having us thank you man I it's great it. to talk with you i know man it's good it's to really finally fun. meet you in person i know i know i've been so, following you for a while so yeah, appreciate thanks. that appreciate it that's it for e for explicit podcast we'll see you next time